Diego. I love living in San Diego. So, so good. What I really like is that, as you guys know, San Diego, we have a very different reputation than the rest of our state. So when you go to more conservative places, they find out you're from California, they immediately hate you. They're like, oh yeah, you live in California, huh? How do you like all this freedom here? Huh? There's freedom everywhere. There's liberty in the molecules. You can breathe it in. There's freedom everywhere. Freedom. There's freedom. You live in that liberal, socialist, communist California? Where do you even live in California? You go, San Diego. They go, oh, we love San Diego. You are now tuned to the Parker Edison Project. Good morning, and welcome to season two of the PE Project. This go-round, we're showing you how culture plays a part in our everyday lives. This episode's theme is the land. From birth, the earth is the first thing we connect with. One deep breath and we're tied to it. There is no thing more essential to culture. The land gives us our fabrics for fashion, shapes our behaviors and habits, and makes the traditions and systems we pass and practice. It's a sad thing how we take it for granted so often. According to some studies, spending a mere four to five minutes observing nature can cause positive changes in blood pressure and muscle tension, as well as soothe anger and anxiety. That last tidbit interested me quite a bit. As someone who suffers from anxiousness, I wondered how much nature should we get regularly? And is it even more important amidst the hustle and bustle of my inner city lifestyle? Any San Diegan worth their weight in salt has noticed how nicely this city is interspersed splashes of nature. Balboa Park, Old Town, Choice Lake, just to name a few. One of my favorites is Cowles Mountain. I could describe it, but instead, I'll let a professional clue you in on all its beauty. What's your name and what do you do for a living? My name is Julie Isles, and I am a park ranger here at Mission Trails Regional Park. I've been working here for over seven years. Hmm. How, how did you become a ranger? So originally, when I moved to San Diego, I wanted to be a, an English teacher, and I had studied English for all of my undergrad, and then I had this general education course uh, interpretation of the wilderness or something like that, and my professor at the time was the academic advisor, and he had done everything that I wanted to do. He worked in Denali National Park, he wrote for Backpacker Magazine, and so it kind of made me realize that I didn't necessarily want to be a teacher in in the traditional classroom sense, I wanted to go more into outdoor education. Often, Julie, the media gives us this picture of rangers being men. How -hmm. difficult is it to get in as a woman and excel? I feel fortunate that my staff and colleagues, we all support each other, but I do feel like women, particularly in this man's industry, women kind of have to overcompensate to prove ourselves that we're capable of, you know, swinging a pigmatic to build a trail or be curt enough and assertive enough to respond to people that have a sense of entitlement in the park when they're not, you know, necessarily complying um, with our rules and regulations. So I've definitely felt it. There is no denying that. I have had people stop me when I'm building trails and joke about making the male ranger do it. Um, But it also kind of solidifies the need for more women in this industry and for young people to see that. It's my favorite thing when I have little girls that like tug on 
their their mom's shirts and say, look at it, she's a ranger. That is why I'm in it. That is what makes me so glad to be here and makes me recognize my, my position and hopefully, you know, the influence that I can have in other people's lives. What's the most unexpected part of your job? We have over 8,000 acres of undeveloped, pristine San Diego open space. Um, and we have some trails, you know, we have something for everyone, but people come out to the park. I think they have this misconception that it's a park, more like a community park where it is manicured. They're going to find a field where they can dribble a soccer ball or, you know, take their kids on a swing set. And this is a very different type of park. I mean, when you're out here, you are exposed to the elements, incremental weather. <laughs> and of course, people think park, they think maybe, oh, there's trees there. This is a Mediterranean climate and most of our trails will take you through Chaparral. So it is hot, it is exposed. Most of our rescues out here at Mission Trails are due to heat-related illnesses and, of course, um, an ankle injury, usually. So that's what I mean. People come out to the park expecting one thing and then they actually step foot on the trail and they realize that maybe they're in over their heads. Can we talk about Cowles Mountain? Coles Mountain. <laughs> it is pronounced Coles. Uh, George Cole was a, an early land owner developer out in the East County area. So Coles Mountain, like the department store, we want to respect the dead, right? It's, it's a namesake. So we want to pronounce it correctly. So uh, Coles Mountain is our most popular peak in the park, of which we have five. So Coles is the tallest peak in the city of San Diego. We see so many people on Coles Mountain, um, over half a million a year and on the average weekend between two and three thousand fortunately that number does fluctuate we see less traffic on the mountain in the winter uh there are multiple ways to get up to the summit however most people only know of the staging area the the main trail from golf crest and navajo um and i blame it on the algorithm if you are new to san diego or if you want to find a new trail all you have to do is search Heights in San Diego and Coles Mountain is one of the first to pop up. So it is loved to death. <laughs> San Diego is an urban and city environment. How important is nature in a space of the city? It's important for everyone, everyone. Old people, young people, we all need those types of opportunities. Um, I read a study recently, the, the perfect amount of time, we all need to strive for two hours, 120 minutes a week, a week, where you can just see these natural processes around you, you know, the changing of the seasons, 120 minutes a week. Um, so it's very, very important. I like to say it's good for both souls, right? It's good for your physical health. Obviously having recreational opportunities in open spaces like this is very important. Um, I would rather go out on a strenuous hike than go use some dirty machine at a gym personally, but obviously I'm in this field. So maybe I'm a little, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just a little, but it's also so, so important for our mental uh, stamina to just get us through through the, the daily grind of, of work, even working from home. I mean, it is so important to separate yourself from the TV or from your computer screen and get outside and smell the earth and feel the dirt, feel it, you know, it, it's so important. How can San Diegans support Coles Mountain Emission Trails? Well, we would love for people to come out and, and volunteer. I think 
having experiences in the wild is the best way to to create stewards, to create concern and passion. And so people that don't come out to these areas, they don't really understand what they have. We have nature walks three days a week that leave here from the visitor center. They are docent led by our wonderful trail guides. So you can come out and have those experiences. How cool is she? Makes you want to go for a walk in the sunshine ASAP, right? Well, I think you should. In fact, before we get into our next interview with an award-winning biologist and conservationist, we'll give you something to listen to in the fresh air. This is my guy, King Dice, hosting the latest installment of MMSM, Movies Millennials Should Movie. Check it out. All right, this is Movies Millennials Should Movie. I am your host, King Dykes, musician, social commentator, and connoisseur of fine cheeseburgers. I am here with my guest, Dustin Nickerson. How are we? Good to see you, my friend. I am technically a millennial, so this is, you know, but I'm on the elder side of it. You know, I'm a geriatric millennials, which is, the, <laughs> which I don't like that term at all. You are a comedian. I'm a stand-up comedian, which means I do stand-up comedy for about 10% of my job, and then 90% of my job is writing and or marketing said stand-up comedy. <laughs> right, which directly ties in to the theme of the movies that we're going to be talking about today. Our theme for today is comedies. <laughs> my movie for today is Money Talks. Same time, man. I don't know you. Same time. He's a hustler by day. $50 million. He's a player by night. How about some nice dump around your 85? How about some gold? 45. And the only thing bigger than his bank account. Where are my diamonds? What diamonds? Is his mouth. Is my fiance Grace? Fat. Money talks. P-H-A-D. So this is a movie starring Chris Tucker and Charlie Sheen. It's a fish out of water story about a hustler and a reporter who have to spend the weekend together putting Chris Tucker's character in the midst of Charlie Sheen's wedding events and upper class in-laws. I promise you hilarity ensues. For me, it's the, one of the last Chris Tucker movies that I really remember just like falling in love with. Have you seen it? Not in so long. That's one of those movies that came out and you I saw once and I was like, that was good. And then you just forget it ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a tradition for us to give our movies a rating via emojis. Actually, I'm going to lower my score now that I, I realize that this is like the, the Chris Tucker movie that people don't think about. So I think I need to take a point away. So I'm going to give it a three out of five stacks of cash cha-ching <laughs> <laughs> I love that alright Dustin tell us about your movie my movie uh, is a, a Thanksgiving movie, which not a lot of Thanksgiving movies exist, and it's a tradition in, in the Nickerson family home to watch. It. And that movie is called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. During holiday travel, some people get delirious. Some get delayed. And some get <laughs> Del Griffin. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. 
Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. This movie is John Candy and Steve Martin, which already a good sell. And it is kind of your classic disaster road trip movie. You know, you have someone who needs to get somewhere and everything that can go wrong goes wrong. <laughs> And it's Steve Martin as the straight man, which you never see Martin, the wild and crazy guy, you know, plays the straight man in it uh, next to John Candy, who is masterful in this movie. And it's kind of a flashback to 80s comedies. This is John Hughes movie uh, who, where comedies, their, their goal was not to be a joke every 15 seconds. This movie's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of depth. It might be my very favorite movie. It's, it's I love it so much. That's a great film and, and I think it's kind of like, I don't know, indicative of just the comedy films that I love that both are like these these two people who are partnered together. That's the basis for like 90% of the comedy movies that, that I love. What are you rating this film? I would give this movie five out of five smile with tear emojis. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it, it really is going to hit you with both. Uh, you may be 4.5 out of five. Well, Dustin, do you have anything coming up soon that you'd like to plug? Tell us about. DustinNickerson.com will take you to upcoming live shows. I put out full special on YouTube. I put out new videos there every Sunday. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, whatever your thing is, I'm probably there. Well, this is Movies Millennials Should Movie. I'm your host, King Dice. And uh, yeah, uh, be kind to rewind. Stay tuned for more of the PEP. Hello, this is Maya from Maya's Cookie San Diego. We are America's number one black-owned gourmet vegan cookie company. You can check us out on our social media at Maya's Cookie San Diego. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Welcome back. In 1998, a pair of U.S. botanists coined the term plant blindness, describing a disturbing pattern of children's tendencies to recognize animals as living creatures before plants. If shown a picture of animals in the wild and asked to list the living things, kids would only write the animals they knew. Which sounds like a small thing, but the problem is those kids grow up to be adults with little interest in conservation or public funding for plant research. When you consider that we not only eat the animals that eat the plants, but utilize nature's herbs and medicines to heal ourselves, this is beyond problematic. This is what a previous generation would describe as not being able to see the forest because of the trees. In other words, we are so short-sighted that we don't realize that cutting down one tree is always the first step in destroying an entire forest. I'm deeply rooted in this subject. No pun intended. My name, Parker, comes from a long line of naturalists. That's where that's where the family name Parker would come from, is being the, the outdoors, the keeper of the park. Uh-huh. One of those people yeah. who would guide and track those people. And they track, they track not the people, they track the, the animals. They can tell you, they were so familiar with the park or the 
the the uh, the outdoors that they they knew the the trees the vegetation they knew the water and everything so well they knew the land so well that they could tell you where to go to actually find the animals as sure as i'm using this platform to discuss nature's importance i have other members of my family making careers with the same goals we're an example of a group of people passionate about getting answers to this conundrum creatively finding ways and finding solutions that subtly sometimes not so subtly could save the world. What's your name and what city are you in? My name is Mamie Parker and I live outside of the Washington DC area in Northern Virginia. I never get to ask this question of guests but how do we know each other? <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say how proud I am to know you. And it's an honor to be able to share your last name. So my name is Mamie Parker and you are my nephew. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. So awesome. Ani, what do you do for a living? I am what I consider really an ecologist. Um, and most people call me an activist and they call me an environmentalist. I studied fish and wildlife. I studied limnology, which is the study of freshwater bodies, lakes and uh, streams. But what I really want to be known as is more of a mirror for little black girls and boys and brown girls and boys to um, see something that they could be. I just love Amanda Gorman, the poet that talks about seeing it is believing it and, and that you can achieve it and be brave enough to see it. So what I do now is to go around and share my story on why it's important for us to save this planet. And we don't realize that saving nature oftentimes will save ourselves. Oh my gosh. I'm in such agreeance with all of that. <laughs> yeah, and I know you like music. So I'll tell you how I was inspired. When I was young, very young, a teenager, I heard Marvin Gaye's song. And he talked about in his song, Mercy, Mercy Me. And he said, what happened to our blue skies? And then he said, uh, radiation in our air. And he said, mercury in our fish that we eat. And that really just kind of made me in the voice of Arnold from Different Strokes when he said, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? The fish that I ate, uh, your grandmother, my mother, was an avid angler, fished a lot, took me fishing with her. But I knew that the protein in my diet came from uh, the land and from the fish that I ate in, in, in many instances. So uh, that was a call to action for me that came from uh, several individuals, but Marvin Gaye had a lot to do with that in that song, Mercy, Mercy Me. It was called The Ecology was the name of the album. I had no idea that that was such an influence for you. That's yeah. really cool to know. You're a native of Arkansas, yes? I am a native of rural Arkansas, um, right on the Louisiana border, Mississippi Delta. How difficult is it or was it for a woman of color to excel in the field you're in? 
Of course, you can imagine that being a black woman from the South, spending most of my career in the in the Midwest, the upper Midwest, in Minnesota and Wisconsin and Massachusetts and uh, here in the Washington, D.C. area and in Georgia, that I've been called many names. I've experienced a lot of isolation. I've experienced a lot of macro and microaggressions. I've been called the N-word. So it was not always easy, but it was something that I felt that we needed to do. I was uh, often in areas where I was the only woman of color. I was the only woman in many cases. I've been doing this for over 42 years now. And so as you can imagine how America was then and how it's changed even in the last year since uh, the George Floyd incident, America is now talking about a lot of things that we didn't talk about. And so that made it somewhat difficult. I had less allies, but I did have some. There were good days and bad days for sure. Wow. Tell me about the Arkansas Outdoor Hall of Fame. So I believe at the time I was the head of fisheries in this country and um, the Outdoor Hall of Fame they, uh, in Arkansas, they honor uh, pioneers and individuals that make great contributions to natural resources. And I was nominated uh, because of the fact that I was the first Arkansan to rise to the level of head of fisheries in this country. That was just one of the many things that I was able to do in that job. You go and look on the wall there in Little Rock, Arkansas, you'll, you won't see very many uh, women or people of color there. So what a great privilege and honor it is and a big responsibility, right? When we're in positions like that, to whom much is given, much is expected for sure. Go auntie, go. Oof. As someone who grew up in, in a rural area, and now you're definitely in, in, a, in a city, specifically in, in urban environments. How important is nature? Well, I think nature is important in urban communities because it's shown to be valuable. They've done a lot of research on the impacts from a mental and a physical standpoint on what nature does for us. So if we have parks and green spaces in urban communities, it offers us the uh, medicine that we need in many cases to renew our souls. We need nice streams, rivers and streams, because that's the water that we drink is coming from that same stream that you see. So people say, why should I care about that? Uh, you want that in your community. You want to learn to appreciate it. And so to me, if you put a thought in the mind of a person in an urban community, the importance of nature and small green spaces the, the hope would be that they would become great advocates and protectors of that property because they know that it provides, uh, you know, an oasis. I, I wanted to ask because I was perusing Wikipedia. I was so impressed to look at your Wikipedia, how extensive it is. What is MA and Associates? So I named it after my mother. So it's Mark Parker and Associates, your grandmother. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's all about, in my mind, being a nurturer, being a success coach to help others reach their goals. As I mentor and coach executives, I facilitate meetings and do some public speaking to uh, talk about the value of nature. How can 
people support you in the endeavors that you're working in? I think we start individually. What can we do to do our part to influence climate change impacts or reduce those, right? So I tell people, turn lights off when you leave uh, your room. I tell people to turn the water off when they're brushing their teeth. Uh, trees, when we don't have trees in our communities, that mean that our land is getting warmer, right? So that's causing climate change. So, you know, be protective about cutting trees, but also look for opportunities to plant trees. I've been promoting planting uh, pollinator gardens because one in every three bites that we take is because of pollinators, whether they're butterflies, bees, or birds. Uh, they're the ones that are pollinating our food. Uh, that's just a few things that we can do. But the main thing is to become more aware, right? Just become more aware and, 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 and call yourselves to action and call others to action. Not all superheroes have superpowers. I like Batman and the Flash too, but the cast of Captain Planet might have been doing something deeper in the grand scheme of things. Figure out what part you're going to play. And no matter what, do something. If you enjoyed the music in this episode, it's multi-award winning composer and jazz musician, Nathan Hubbard. Look him up. We'll close with a selection from his 2014 project. This is Walled Garden. Something different than you're used to from us. Enjoy. See you in two weeks.
Thanks for stopping in. The Parker Edison Project is produced and hosted by yours truly, Parker Edison, and the good people at Platform Collection. Be sure to subscribe and catch the next episode on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, visit theparkeredisonproject.com or hit us on Instagram at the PE Project. My guy, Kurt Conan, is audio production manager. Lisa J. Morissette is operations manager. And John Decker is associate general manager for content. This programming is made possible in part by the KPBS Explore Content Fund. I love saying that because it reminds me of Sesame Street. Y'all stay safe out there. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu.